of the things that is of interest to me is the relevance of the Dhamma in our contemporary world and the way that's useful to practice in our contemporary world. And having spent 20 years in a monastery that comes from a traditional context, the juxtaposition of a traditional society and the transition from that to a modern and a postmodern society is relevant. Because in a, a traditional society, they have many values that in some ways are different from what we're dealing with in our postmodern world. And so if you think about you know, some of the attributes of a traditional society and think about it in terms of the status of a person is only linked to their blood lineage, it's not something that they can progress outside of that. And laws were designated for a certain sector of the population. People who had wealth or aristocracy were exempted. And the society was based on honor and loyalty. And people had a sense of who they were by being their family context, their village context, their clan. All of these things uh, created the place where they could locate themselves. So the individual had almost no relevance. An individual was only known by the group that they were connected to. And so, uh, you know, we can see that without making a a judgment for or against any of these values that a, a meditation practice or a tradition that comes from a traditional cultural will have certain kinds of belief systems as a background with that. And as the culture moved into a modern society, we could see that what happened was is that the, f- the sense of belonging got fragmented, so the family no longer had the same kind of relevance in the village, and the caste, the culture was not the same. And rather than things being uh, laws pertaining only to people in a certain uh, economic sphere, they were more unilateral. And we could see the rise of democracy. We could see the rise of uh, rights for different people as being something that was of interest to protect and to pursue. And we could also see that the the volition of an individual person had a huge uh, effect on their station in life. So particularly we've seen in our country that somebody by their own effort can improve their situation. It's not passed on by blood. And then when we come to the modern society, then what we're, I mean the postmodern society, then what we hear a lot of is the topic of, of integration and holistic uh, appreciation. We can no longer forget the impact of the, of the earth. So in a, in a traditional society and in the modern world, we used to regard the earth as an unlimited source of resource that we could take whatever we wanted and do whatever we wanted and make as much pollution as we wanted and the earth would be able to absorb it all. And we're no longer living with that kind of luxury. 
we can see the fragility of the earth and the increase of the toxicity. But we can also see that the kind of rampant alienation that the modern society created by having things change in such a way has created a context where the relationships with each other then take on an importance that they didn't have before. It's like the relationship becomes the way in which the whole um, eightfold path can be lived is through spiritual friendship and spiritual community at 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 its core, at its center. And yet, the Eightfold Path is not separate from wisdom and concentration, from ethics, from right livelihood. And so then the challenge is, is how is it that as community one can support each other to be living a way that the spiritual life is coming to fruition in a way where the community sense begins to be something like a a fabric that people can rest into that supports as a way of navigating the different spokes of the wheel. So in a way, the spiritual community is the center, the hub, and the spokes radiate out. And certainly we can see that in doing so, you know, we have the joy of having something greater than an individual but also the complexity of having to navigate different views and opinions and ideas and power structures and that comes when there's more than a few people doing anything. One of the things I was saying yesterday about one of the reasons why I find it such a joy coming to Albuquerque is because you have put a tremendous amount of effort into developing the spiritual community. And that spiritual community then can support each other in the different layers and phases of the path. So the last two days we've been exploring the themes of Vedana, or feeling, and grasping aversion, and the kind of spacing out tendencies that happen with neutral qualities. And what one can see is is that when one is held in a spiritual community where there's a certain amount of safety and trust and friendship, kinship, then the support from the community gives an enormous asset to that inquiry. So it is not as if one is entirely left onto one's own to pull oneself up by one's own bootstraps to walk every step of the journey by oneself because you're constantly weaving in and out of other people who are on a similar journey and can bring friendship or clarity or reminders when we start looping in habit patterns that are not helpful, which most of us do. And so one of the things that can happen in a spiritual community is we can mirror for each other goodness that we don't necessarily see in ourselves or just create a pause or a space to just feel some kindness that we don't have direct access to ourselves or lend a hand when things are a little bit more difficult than one can manage oneself. And so, you know, what you have done as a community over the last 20 years is start to develop the fabric of relationship 
that is actually something that holds and sustains. You know, there's a sense of of knowing how to take care of each other and how to relate to teachers and how to set up events, and it kind of happens. Certainly it needs some communication, but it, it works. And because I'm in a position of traveling in different places, I can see the way it works here is quite exceptional. <laughs> so you can take some pleasure in getting yourself some gold stars. <laughs> so we need to learn how to cultivate that sense of friendship in ourselves, towards ourselves, towards the ones immediately that we love, and in the community of people that we share the Dhamma together with. And so even though no one else is able to do the work for you, it's a really different experience when there are people who are standing by you. So this afternoon we had a little bit of an interesting experiment with insight dialogue chaos. not that experienced with it myself and so to pick two different groups with two different sets of instructions uh, (laughs) was a little bit uh, on the challenging side but I see really that one of the things that we need to do is to learn how to balance the time where we're actually practicing in silence and we're bringing the qualities of meditation into our relationship learning how to communicate in ways that support meditative mind states rather than use communication that takes us away from meditative mind states. And so it's not as if we have our silence and our solitude and that's the practice and everything else that kind of goes to hell. You know, We begin to start learning how to bring the practice into the various different layers of our life and our community. And it's because of that that I feel that there's a potential in this insight dialogue in spite of the chaos we all experienced today or some did. I think it's worth staying with it to get a feeling for how can one develop concentration and stability of mindfulness and clear comprehension, equanimity, while one is talking with another person about matters of importance. How do we open up this field of exploration of what goes on with meditation with another person that is supportive? So it's not trivial, either how to do it or the results of being able to do that. And yet because what we're navigating is quite complex, you know, our ideas of who we're supposed to be and what communication is supposed to look like and the habits and the patterns and the feelings of vulnerability and the exposure and the, the insecurity and the wanting, the longing, the longing to be seen, to be heard, to be understood. To touch, to allow, to know, to see, to observe all of that in one's own heart, as one's speaking to another, and still bring meditative qualities to that, to know it, and to not let it take over, 
but to receive it in the heart and to be present with it. In the same way that when we're sitting, we can watch the arising of a pleasant feeling and the tendency to grasp in relationship with another. We can watch the longing to be seen or to be heard or to be understood and the tendency to kind of try and make that happen. And yet we can relax back and pause back into what's actually happening right now and watch it as an arising with one's own awareness and the awareness of one's partner and know it in the same way that, you know, sometimes when one gets flummoxed or flustered or hasn't heard, there's a sense of, you know, it feels uncomfortable. One wants to have clarity. One wants to know. Or if there's a kind of vulnerability, one wants to get rid of it. You know? And we can watch that whole process of, of wanting to pull back away from the unpleasant feelings that we have. And yet when we learn both inwardly to do that in, our, in ourselves on our own cushions, in our own practice, we can also have some capacity to do that with each other as it's arising in ourself and as it's arising in another person of just being steady and still with unpleasant feeling as it's arising without having to fix it or get rid of it without having to form an identity around it push it away but just be with it the unpleasant feeling and so then it takes it completely out of a conceptual realm of some kind of abstract thing into the immediacy of just watching what happens when there's just two people talking together or three. You know, it's just constant. And then there's a lot that happens in relationship which is also neutral. There's no, it's not particularly exciting. It's not particularly painful or difficult. You know, just neutral. And then we try and make it special. So that the other person can feel special, that we really like them or feel comfortable with them or okay with them. And so then there's all kinds of loops of how to make it special and order that. But what happens if we just relax into neutral? Neutral feeling, neutral contact with another person. So inwardly and relationally, in solitude and in community, there's a weaving. It's based on the truth. It's based on the present moment experience. It's based on honesty. It's based on integrity. It's based on clarity. And even if the clarity is that there's just tremendous confusion, that's still clarity. But it's in this way that the immediacy of the present moment and their practice of working with pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral feeling and our reaction to it takes on a greater three-dimensional color life than just what happens when we're sitting by ourselves in a cushion in silence. It's everything. 
It's our relationships, it's our community, it's our world, it's our family, it's our relationship with our body, it's our relationship with each other. Nothing is separate from practice. Now, having spent 20 years with the kind of foundation that you have as a community, you have tremendous resource. The fabric is growing strong enough that people can relax into it. That is something that is so precious and so rare. It's something to cultivate. It's something to celebrate. It's something to to polish, to brighten, to rejoice in, and to relax into it, to begin to feel how it carries and supports you. So I feel really delighted to have been invited to come and to share this time together. Touching a few of the themes that have been relevant to me from this retreat that I just came off of. And practicing with my own pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral feelings. My own confusions and overwhelm and joy and delight that I as a human being also experience. People have this extraordinary image that if you shave your head and wear robes, that is the end of all suffering. (laughs) If only it were so simple. (laughs) So that's enough for my own words of reflection. Maybe we can open it up for a discussion for 